0: Imagine you wake up every morning and you've got a bucket of energy to work with. Mm -hmm. I wake up on that same day and I've got a cereal bowl of energy. And because I've got mental health issues, it's got a a crack in it. I have a running tally in my head, almost like a ledger um, of my energy resources. Mm -hmm. And so every single thing I do, I am calculating how much does this cost me. In my unhealthy space, it will literally be, okay, I have to go to the grocery store. I'm not going to look people in the eye when I see them it costs too much energy to look someone in the eye and i don't have even though it costs pennies of energy i i am i'm energy poor i had a toddler in my house i kept telling my husband of like man if we were back in like childless i would have crushed the pandemic
1: hey guys welcome back into how's that working for you a podcast that looks through life through the lens of the enneagram and as always we're looking for some help, some hope, and hopefully a little bit of humor along the way. And this morning, we have a special guest, Mrs. Allison Robinson. Hello. How are you?
0: I'm great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to be
1: here. You sound good.
0: I am good. Yeah. 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 I get to talk about something I'm interested in, so I'm great. Well, that's always
1: good for a type five, right? (laughs) Which you identify as. Yes. Is that right? Yes, yes. But that hasn't actually always been your journey. We'll talk about this a little bit, right? Mm Because you were mistyped for a while.
0: Yes. As a two. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is... Not a typical mistype. Right. Um, there's kind of a natural tension between twos and fives. Yeah. And so, uh, but at that time, I'm, well, I'm a pastor's wife, which is a very two energy required of me. Mm-hmm. And then at the time when I tested, I took like an online test. I had a newborn that I was nursing, <laughs> which has very type two energy, nursing a newborn. Yeah. And then I was also on the tail end of a very codependent friendship. And so those three things combined, uh, like I read the type two description, I was like, well, yeah, I guess so. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. kind of where I'm I'm at kinda right doing now.
1: two-ish stuff, right? Very two-ish yes.
0: stuff. Um, and actually, it was when I had a dinner with all the pastor's wives at our church, and we all went around the table and like started talking about our Enneagram types. We all said that we were type twos.
1: Ooh. Every
0: single one of us. There were like nine at the table.
1: Ronnie, I hear a teaching. Uh, here, I think we're going to have to do a sub teaching about this. Yes.
0: And so I, like, my literal response was okay, I know enough about statistics to know the improbability <laughs> yeah. of all of us typing twos. Yeah. So I was I'm going to need to research this. I, I
1: was in a uh, training once uh, years ago up in Maine uh, with one of the Enneagram Institute trainers, Michael mm-hmm. Naylor, who's a marvelous trainer. And uh, there was a person in the cohort over the few days that uh, was a type eight. And, and he kind of demonstrated some of that in the room yes. a few times. But uh, by the end of the training, he he insisted that that everybody in his family was an 8. 8s
0: love to type people as 8s. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm married <laughs> to an 8. Yeah. He sees 8s everywhere. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: and, and so the the, the I love the way the trainer did it. And he just looked at and said, mm, could be. Uh, of course, he knew it wasn't true. This man was actually saying seven people were 8s in the same family. And he was seeing it through his lens because they were a family that were loud and boisterous and argumentative Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. right at you in your face all the time. So he decided all of them are AIDS, which kind of brings us back to your point we're jumping in here really quick is the idea of cultural overlays gender overlays roles that we play Mm -hmm. uh the context of community that we're in Mm -hmm. stages of life can often lead us to mistyping ourselves or other people's typing us wrong right yeah
0: well i think it like thinking back on it of enneagram is all about internal motivation and when you're taking a test online, especially, that's all about external. Like, you, it's hard to differentiate between the external motivations put upon you. yeah, by role yeah. or gender or whatever. And what is internally motivating me. And I had a hard time parsing that out. That makes a lot of sense. the external needs were so great
1: at that time you had three you had three overlays right there oh my goodness yeah Yeah.
0: and so i just yeah it but finding out that i was a five was like a big exhale of relief like oh praise god like this is awesome i like i love being a five
1: Oh, that's really great. Tell us a little bit more about why that was such a relief to find you. Because some people would say, well, I found my space, my number, mm-hmm. but so what? Now what? In yeah. fact, I don't even like it that I'm that number, right? <laughs> yeah. So tell me why it was such a relief for you.
0: Man, I that two energy that was required of me in my role as a pastor's wife and, and as a mom, I, I had postpartum depression for about a year after giving mm-hmm. birth to my daughter. And um, that that requirement to meet all these needs i just really resented it really resented it and so to find out that i was a 5 brought a lot of understanding of that withdrawal stance yeah to understand oh that's what i've been doing and so when i give my perce- per- myself permission to withdraw yeah i can then come back out fully energized and fully ready to do whatever my roles require of me what um, a huge growth it was huge and so but also Vibes, we love to think deeply about things. Mm-hmm. And that is something that, um, I don't know. I just never felt like I was given permission to do. I never felt like, I often got you know, feedback from others, from friends, or lots of different people in my life of just like, Allison, no one's interested in that. No one mm-hmm. wants to talk about that interesting thing. Like, why are you reading that book again? Why are you doing? And so I just got all this information of like, you need to be more social. You need to more be more engaging. You need yeah. to be more out and so when I found out that I was a five, I was like, I am supposed to be by myself thinking deep thoughts. Like, that is my superpower that I bring to the table. And if I can go think deeply about something and then come back out and share, mm-hmm. which is how you and I met through some of my teachings that I had done um, in recovery ministry, like that's my superpower. And yes. so having the permission to give myself of like, actually, I do need to go take three hours, stare at a wall and think, yeah. which I love to do. And then I can bring that into whatever space I'm entering back into.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, in the deeper, uh, theories of Enneagram in the wisdom tradition, uh, the idea would be that each of us, uh, there, there's no such thing as a five or a seven or a two. Yeah, yeah. It's a number that delineates an archetype. Mm-hmm. And it's basically trying to alert us to the fact that how we were created has gotten off track, has gotten buried a little bit, has gotten consumed in persona, mm-hmm. um, One of my favorite teachers says that by the time you're 20 or 25, you're about one third of who you were created to be, one third Mm -hmm. of the world's uh, influence on you and about one third of your own choices over time, Mm -hmm. right? Which is not who we are, Mm -hmm. often called the false self, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so one of the deeper teachings of Enneagram is the concept of the holy idea, Mm -hmm. in which it talks about that when the divine created us, it wasn't that he created us like we appear in the world at 20 or 25, Mm -hmm. right? Mm There, there was a creation that had a special gifting for us that we were going to bless the world with. Mm-hmm. Does that make yeah. sense? Oh, yeah. And, and for those that are listening that don't have a particular faith or maybe do have a particular faith, you can look at a lot of sacred writings and they talk about this, especially in Christianity, even the idea of spiritual gifting, mm-hmm. right? Why would the divine say, well, you now now a few of you in this generation need to be really gifted in this and a few really mm-hmm. gifted. doesn't mm-hmm. mean we don't have access to all the giftings but there seems to be a design that says no you need that superpower yes. your your yes. community's going to need that the yeah. world's going to need that superpower yeah. right yeah so for you to relax into the idea no god created me mm-hmm. not not to be a withdrawer yeah. <laughs> yeah but he did create me with a type of mind mm-hmm. that really wants to go deep mm-hmm. really as einstein said anybody can anybody can know i need to understand yes does that yes. hit you
0: oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah um yeah, I think of just the image that comes to mind when I have thought about this quality in myself of, like, I get this picture of a rock submerging into water, of just just going all the way down to the bottom of, of the lake, of just submerging into thoughts, submerging into my mind. Um, it's just it's something that I love to do. It's something I'm very comfortable with. I've always had a pretty rich inner world. Um it's odd because I'm I'm actually a creative brain, and mm-hmm. so it comes out through story, through art, through um, much less analytical. Things. Probably lean
1: more into the four wing. I, I would be- assume. have a
0: very strong four, four
1: wing, wing. Yeah, which that can would cause make some
0: sense. emotional shenanigans in my life.
1: Oh, <laughs> like- let me tell you, as a seven, I've got I've got the four's emotional system, and when yes. I look back, it, it's so eerie. When I look twenty years back into my step work and twelve step, and I yes. look at my journals and I look at the answers to the question, yes. I'm like, oh my gosh, it was like a four running around yes. in, in my interior. Yes. This, this lifelong thing, the, the, the two oldest messages I can remember, mm-hmm. the two oldest messages I can remember were you're never going to know what it is you were made for or to do, and it's hopeless. And the other one is you're never going to be good.
0: Mm.
1: Now, the goodness comes from the groundedness of the one, the fours concept of uniqueness, but mm-hmm. I can't make life mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. I'm unique. I know I'm unique. And, but I can't, you, you, you Clods out there seem to make it work. How come I can't make it mm-hmm. work? That's been a big part of my emotional system. It's kept me off balance for a long time. Sounds like you had a similar.
0: Oh yeah. My four. Well, and for me, I say this a lot. My, my four wing causes, like, I think it might be the proverbial thorn in my husband's side. Like it just causes <laughs> just silly things, but, I, I often don't feel my emotions. I like to think about my emotions. But having a four-wing requires authenticity. Yes. Of, like, you have to be authentic. And so when I feel an emotion, my natural instinct is to put it down. Like, no, I prefer to be a robot, please. But my four-wing is just like, no, you're going to deal with this emotion. And so it just ramps up mm-hmm. huge. And so anxiety and inner turmoil becomes huge until I, do, until I deal with it. Yes. And yeah. so... Yeah, it's
1: <laughs> it's interesting because uh, Adam, you said, identifies as type eight. Yes. Okay, so from the deeper uh, harmony triad teachings in Enneagram, you guys are actually in the same triad as a yep. two, five, and eight. Yep. And there's an integration spot for each of you for mm-hmm. that. Now, the, the, what I know about Adam from observing him over the years, he's, he's got a highly developed five. Yes, uh, he's
0: very intelligent. He actually yeah. got his feelings hurt when he found out he was in the gut triad and not the mind. <laughs> I was like, The Enneagram says I'm smarter than you. <laughs> oh, got, got
1: him. But he, 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 and when eights are balanced, then they're pulling from the two's compassionate energy mm-hmm. and they're pulling from the five's head mental energy. Mm-hmm. And then it grounds mm-hmm. into the eights leadership and challenging. And they so, can, yeah. and it just increases their power, but it makes yeah. it holy. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. And there's a very, I think people don't realize this about eights, that when they're really healthy and they're really doing their best work, they are so nurturing. Yes. They go to that two space, but they bring their strength as an eight and the mind of a five. Yeah. And just watching, like, because he's a pastor, and he's also a really good dad, and watching, like, man, he brings this, like next level nurturing sweet yeah
1: that's that's the really interesting things about h because their their vice or their sin passion if you want to call Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. of lust means the overuse of power in Mm -hmm. situations Mm -hmm. but when they're integrated like you said Mm -hmm. it brings the heart and the the head in
0: the best thing the lord ever did was call him to ministry because it requires him to be in that nurturing place all the time um and so yeah um, that's good
1: yeah right all right, so talk a little bit more about what you brought up first because um, we do live in the quote-unquote Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you from Alabama? No. No, from no. where?
0: I was born in Texas. I, I moved around a lot as yeah. a kid, yeah. like a whole a whole lot. Yeah. So all over Texas, um, California, Arizona. I went to school in Arkansas. Um, okay. I trained up in New Jersey for a little bit at the Shakespeare Theater there back in my acting days. So I've kind of been all over. All over the place. Yeah. Okay. But my, like, I moved to Birmingham in my, I think, when I was 22. Okay. And so I've been here ever since. Been here
1: a while. So you, you yeah. at least have some sense of the culture in terms yes. of. Okay. So yes. we're in the, the Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so we're in are Southern Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. Right. And so in the South, still, there's expectations of what Southern women are like and especially mm-hmm. Southern women who are Christian, and especially Southern women who are Christian and are pastor's wives. Yes. So talk a little bit about where that may have caused some conflict yes. along the way.
0: Um, Yeah, you just, I think we all think in pictures. Um, we all think in just kind of archetypes, and I think people have ideas about what a pastor's wife is. But a pastor's wife, we're kind of like this mysterious, weird, squishy ground. We don't work for the church, but... They kind of expect, expect you us to or do a lot of church. work, yeah. Um, and everything that happens at the church directly affects our life in a very personal, deep way every single day. Um, even though I'm not on staff, I don't get paid for by the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's our church has always been very unique in that they have never put specific expectations on me. But even still, there's just kind of this general idea of what a pastor's wife ought to be. And I just don't fulfill that idea at all. Yeah. Um, I am, I am not very social.
1: Probably don't like a lot of small talk, do you?
0: Do not like small talk. <laughs> I'm not a big hugger. I'm not a big like social butterfly. And I have a husband who's very social, who can work yep. a room, yep. he's very charming. Got the and outward am, energy of an eight that's pushing yeah. outward, yeah. Yeah, and I would much rather sit in the corner by myself with a book. Yep, yeah. Um, And so, yeah, for our early days, like I literally would force myself to sit next to him on the front row because I thought that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And people would talk about how they just loved that picture of us on the front row and doing ministry together. And finally a point came where I was like, I'm not doing this. So I sit on the back row. And it's a much better place for me. Um, But yeah, there were just, and there's just little comments that people make of what they like about you and what they, you know, asking questions and stuff where you just start to get a picture of what you ought to be.
1: Right. They've got a paradigm. They've got a lens.
0: And they don't mean it. They really don't mean it. And the second that they saw it, they would immediately go, oh, no, 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 we don't mean that. And so it took a while for me to feel like I had the personal freedom to just be fully myself, talking about that false self of, and I think I talked about that. Did I teach on that? Mm -hmm. The ministry, the recovery ministry? I think when we talked about anger. Um, Yes. Yeah. Um,
1: Because often anger is coming from an internal source where we don't feel we can be who we're supposed to be, right? It may be triggered by an external source, but it's really an internal. Yeah, anger is
0: always associated with another hidden emotion. Yeah, Um, yeah. Yeah, and so I just, I had a lot of anger, I had a lot of resentment, and once I started working through that and giving myself space to just be more like myself, um, the church responded great. They wow. responded really great. They've all been incredibly gracious. Um, I, I was sitting with a pastor's wife last week. Um, she's another pastor's wife at a different church in town. And she was just like, how do you handle, you know, the complaints that your husband gets about you? I was like, oh my goodness, I, don't, I hope he doesn't get any of those. <laughs>
1: I didn't know there were complaints I was about. like, uh,
0: he's shielding from me from them. If he gets them, um, I imagine he would probably push back. Knowing him, knowing him, yeah. he would,
1: especially with the justice issues of he, an age. he
0: would take that productive stance of, of just push back. Yeah. Um, but it broke my heart for her of just like realizing she gets that, like she's have people feel like they can say things about a pastor's wife of of thinking that they're failing somehow in the role of like, how can you fail in the role of a pastor's wife?
1: Yeah. Like, Nobody even drew the role up for you, exactly. Except yeah. that we did, right? We got these paradigms. We, we do, right? and
0: so yeah, but also like. One thing, as a mom, we have very specific ideas of what a good mom looks like. I remember in those early weeks of nursing my daughter, you know, you're up at 3 a.m. nursing, and I had a friend who I'm pretty sure is an Enneagram 2 who was in the same boat with me. We had a child at the very close stage, Mm -hmm. and so it was like 3 a.m. She knew I was up with this baby, and so she texted me. She's like, isn't this amazing? (laughs) And I was
1: like <laughs> that too energy. Yeah.
0: And I just burst into tears because I was like, Lord, this is terrible. I hate this. And like, this is not amazing. Like this this is so difficult for yeah. me. And really feeling a lot of shame of like, Am I right. am I a frigid mom? Am I an unfeeling mom? And giving myself the as I learned about my Enneagram type later, like, no, I'm very affectionate, but I am a specific flavor of mom. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. That's good.
1: That's great yeah. insight. I wish every new mom could know, in a sense, yeah. not just know their type, but actually see what's getting in the way yeah. in all those different centers, yeah. heart, gut, and mind. What is what's, what is my context? What's my culture? What have people told me? What yeah. have I thought my, about myself? And yeah. then when you go into motherhood like that, experiencing... Like like your yeah. friend that's maybe a t- oh isn't this wonderful the heart connection is <laughs> oh, I've got somebody to connect having to. a
0: newborn for her was yeah. just magical in a way that I was I just couldn't relate
1: to right and as you said that can easily create some sense of guilt or shame oh, in, yeah, in a new mom yeah
0: absolutely um, and so finding out my type of realizing I bring certain strengths to the table. Um, has made me more excited about being a mom of like, okay, this is what I bring to the table. This is how my daughter is going to benefit from my personality type. And that might be different from her friends whose moms have a different personality type.
1: But it it sounds like you've also, uh, because of the deep work you've been, been doing, you're, you're actually seeing some integration into the heart at, Mm -hmm. at two. Yeah. Right. And into the gutted eight. Right. Which is rounding you out Mm -hmm. a little bit more flow to it. Does that that make sense?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I've definitely um, that integrating to the two has been I mean, it's it's a challenge. Fully integrating um, in that triangle that you see within the Enneagram, Um, because like I said, I think I said it a minute ago. There's kind of a natural tension between five and twos, I think. Mm Um, not like an animosity or an opposition, but just but a
1: withdrawing energy and a connecting energy. Yes. Yeah. And
0: so, um, when I find that tension within myself, um, to lean into it, and if I can get past that uncomfortability, I can find pretty amazing things. And so I found that, you know, in my work when I was a therapist, um, I find that mostly through teaching and then lately through writing. I've been writing a lot.
1: Well, tell us about it. what um, are you writing? <laughs>
0: I have, Are you ready to tell yeah, the world yeah, what yeah, you're yeah. writing? Yeah. Okay. I've, okay. I've I just, written a book. you got to ask
1: a five there, yeah, right? Yeah, Are you ready to yeah. come out?
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, I, um, oddly enough, I've written a novel, um, a fantasy novel. I built a world. It has magic. It has like. That's my granddaughter. Yeah. Well, I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you this that's real me.
1: quick. When, when they were, uh, we had a little bit of an unusual mm-hmm. circumstance with our first grandchild because they were all born on the same day, mm-hmm. four of them. Yeah. So like, <laughs> and they lived with us for two and a half years. So we got to observe these quadruplets. And so about a few years then, I wrote poems for, mm-hmm. I was c- connecting to my heart space and I wrote poems about each child. And so Lillian is our five, mm-hmm. Lily is our five. <laughs> and I tell this story, everybody just tickles me. When she was uh, six, they were all at the house, and we were fixing to watch the Alabama-Georgia SEC championship game, okay? And so everybody in my family system knows that that's the most important thing in the world, yeah. Alabama football, right? And so they're there, and it's about to kick off. I'm sitting there on the couch. I'm perched, and I'm ready. I'm, and Lily walks over and stands in front of me, and she puts her hands on her hips, and she looks at me and says, Pop, I think I'm going to have to go for Georgia. <laughs> and I was like, what? And so there was this mock thing mm-hmm. of I'm going to have a heart attack. And oh, I'm, Lily, yeah. how could you go? And she puts her hands back on her hip, and she just looks at me and says, hey, I got my own world. <laughs> That's when I knew. Five. I think we're dealing with a five here. She's got an that, interior world.
0: And it's rich.
1: It is very rich, and sometimes she allows us to come in and play.
0: Sometimes. Right? Sometimes if you're lucky. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's beautiful, though, yeah. to watch. Yeah, so, But it's also painful sometimes to watch her having to navigate and struggle in social situations where Mm -hmm. it used to be easy for her when she was younger. Mm -hmm. She naturally fit into the Mm -hmm. flow. Mm -hmm. When the persona starts building and the layers start coming, it's it's harder for her not to want to go back into the world of her own with the books. And yeah. not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just that that's more peaceful for her. Yeah. That makes sense. My
0: parents, like looking back, they didn't understand introversion or enneagram any grammars, anything like that. But looking back, I think they had an instinct of the kind of child they were raising because they were constantly urging me outside of that inner world, right? urging me to connect and engage. And so I look back and I see my childhood having a lot of discomfort socially but as an adult, I thank my parents every day. Of like y'all required me to build certain social muscles that I would that would have atrophied naturally if yeah. I hadn't had someone prompting me, pulling me out of that withdrawal space. Because I just, I would love to just sit in my room with a book. Mm-hmm. And and
1: that's yeah. little uh, for yeah. Christmas. I mean, when when everything mm-hmm. all the papers open, everything's laid on the floor. There's a stack of books this high. For, that was me this past Lily. Christmas. Yeah. Yep, every for Lily's stuff, yep. yeah. Yep. Uh, and it is a magical world. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> we used to play the game of monster, and I'm, I was the monster, and they would run through our house and hide. And so one time uh, I went down the hall, and I, 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 I see in one bedroom there's this old, old bed that's so far off the ground you can see anything under it, and Lily's hiding under it. So I pretend I didn't see her. Mm-hmm. You know how grandfathers mm-hmm. oh, yeah. do And You go around, you find everybody else, and you come back and get her. Mm-hmm. So they said, okay, pop, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Okay, so I said, okay, go. I go down. I go back down the hall. Lily's right back under the same bed. I I said, Lily, you do know I can see you there, don't you? She said, hey, it's comfortable down here. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay. There's the five's mind, right? Yeah. 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 So tell us about, uh, you've mentioned several things I want to, kind of delve into Mm -hmm. one is uh why did you choose to train as a therapist and practice Mm -hmm. as a therapist and then how and as you've looked back how do you see the five figuring in Mm -hmm. but also how does the five inform that
0: Mm -hmm. um so i have i think a lot of fives can experience this like growing up i was kind of the natural secret keeper for my friend group um a lot of people came to me um because I was, I'm a good listener. Just because I'm, I'm a, a good observer, and so people would have. Oftentimes, I had friends coming in just wanting to talk about stuff when they were going through hardship. They would just kind of naturally come to me. I didn't really ever seek that out, and so it was just kind of always a phenomenon that I was like, well, okay, like I don't know why you're coming to me, but sure, let's talk. Yeah. Um, and I and I um,
1: suspect I, I don't want to draw too fine of a line on this mm-hmm. a, dra- a straight line, mm-hmm. but my guess would be that that wing four. Which allows people to sit a little bit more in darkness or slowness.
0: I was very comfortable going to darker places with people.
1: Yeah, we've had um, several fours on here. Ronnie, you remember uh, Lauren Taylor, who's a the therapist, counselor mm-hmm. I counsel with. Mm-hmm. And she talked about it at an early age. She, she, did, she didn't wasn't attracted to the sunny side of the street. Yeah, yeah. And so her friends would naturally, and she, she could come into a room as an empath and yeah. tell who was. Absolutely. And she was doing it through the heart.
0: Mm-hmm. You probably
1: are doing it more through the mental process, very
0: much through and through observing. Um, I once had a yeah. professor say, "He's like, you're all eyes. You're just like watching everything and taking it all in." But um, so that was kind of a natural thing that was happening in all my friend groups. Um, also, as as an Enneagram Five, we're the only type on the Enneagram that can be purely neutral at times, mm-hmm. and so we are really good. If you've got a problem that you need to solve, Fives are really helpful to just look at look at the facts. Take all emotion, like emotional reactivity, yeah. out of it, yep. and just be purely objective. Yes. And so I've had a lot of friends who would need that, and so would come to me and be like, "I need, I need help with this problem. I need to make a decision. I need to." And so I was able to do that for them. Of like, "All right, well, I see this person's side. I see your side. I see." And so, um, so that was naturally happening. Um, and so when I came to approach getting my master's degree in counseling, I had come out of the theater world. I had been an actress. All throughout high school and college, and a little bit outside of college.
1: Okay, we got to come back to that in a minute because, see, that seems like the the counterintuitive. And I want you to talk, but go back to the theater directors
0: thing. who were constantly confused by my existence yeah. in their theater. Of like, how did you <laughs> well, get here? Yeah,
1: <laughs> why are you here, and why can't we get anything out of you? Yeah.
0: And so, um, but so I I knew that I wanted to do something away from the arts, um, uh, and I just. Going back to those external expectations, I don't know. I just, there was a lot of external motivation for becoming a counselor. Um, And so, but doing my master's work, I love to learn about something. And I loved being in theater. You're constantly thinking about as an actor, inner motivation, story arc. um, And so I was fascinated with that aspect of just being a human, of story arc, of inner motivation, of why people do what they do. And so going out of the fantasy world of acting and going into just reality with counseling. That was a natural switch for me. Yeah. Cause so when you say
1: the word masters, I just immediately think of a five there. They wanted to the master knowledge and yeah. information. And here. so that was
0: kind of a natural switch for me. And so, um, I got my master's at Alabama at university of Alabama, roll tide. roll tide, um, and, um, loved it, uh, worked in at a couple different places here in Birmingham and one place at the sunshine center in, in, um, Montgomery. And, um, I liked the work. I also had a lot of inner turmoil as a counselor. Um, And I really struggled in the last place that I worked. (laughs) I remember talking to one of my um, supervisors and and just feeling, I always felt like I didn't have enough information as a therapist. Mm. I just didn't have enough information. I didn't have enough skill. I didn't have enough for... Accolades. I just, I never felt like I have enough. Competency
1: confidence. is a big issue for mental types. Huge yes. for me, even as a seven from a different angle. Yes, for sixes, but for fives, competency is huge.
0: Yes, and so I really struggled with that. Even though my clients were connecting, they were happy in therapy, like I was, but for for whatever reason, I was struggling. But at the same time, I was a pastor's wife, and that is just an energy suck for a withdrawal type. Like I was just between doing therapy and my husband being a pastor, I was just on that brink of, of some people talk about the enneagram, that fear of annihilation. When it yeah. Comes to
1: for energy. a five, I'm going into a dark hole. I'll never get out. And that
0: was happening a lot for me where I was just, it was, it was taking too much. It was yeah. taking way too much. And so I wound up making the hard decision back in, it was before my daughter was born. So probably 2017 um to leave therapy as a profession um it's something i still do very regularly as a pastor's wife and then i teach a lot um Great. at our church especially i i am um, and i i bring a lot of therapy into my teaching you've seen it yeah, like absolutely. so i'm teaching on wednesday nights a class on prayer and we've been talking about the false self of like when you show up to god as the false self like how mm-hmm. you're not connecting in prayer and so um i'm very passionate about that and i love to to kind of integrate all of those but um but, yeah, therapy, for me, I just, yeah, that energy suck and that feeling like I didn't have enough information was a big struggle for me. Um, but I have found doing it more through counseling or through um, teaching and through writing has been a much better way of connecting with all of that knowledge that I gained.
1: It's awesome. Yeah. Tell me more about the novel.
0: Yeah, so good fantasy and good sci-fi um, – It causes you, it takes you out of our current world where we have loaded language. Like if we were to talk about um, gender, to have that conversation here, we would be using words and language that would be so emotionally loaded that it's hard if you disagree with someone to get to a place where you could ever see the same thing. And so fantasy and sci-fi has the ability to take you out of that language, out of that context, create a completely different world, a completely different language, and show you things yeah. about this world Ooh. that you wouldn't otherwise see because you're you're completely in a different context. Yeah, I remember reading um, a sci-fi novel uh, called *Speaker for the Dead*, and it takes place in space with aliens on another planet. Um, and I get to the end of the book and like literally dropped it like on the floor because suddenly I realized that it was talking about cultural perspective and worldview here. Like, oh, and suddenly Earth, I yeah. was understanding concepts that I was seeing in the news that I was not able to understand more fully, but that concept of putting yourself in someone else's shoes and, and seeing something from another person's perspective, this sci-fi novel was able to really help me grasp that in a way that I wouldn't have.
1: Yeah, Otherwise- would, you, would you say it's, uh, let me see if we're onto something here, mm-hmm. is that possibly the idea of uh, speaking to another part of the way we were created? not just coming through the mental aspect, mm-hmm. but maybe touching a part of the heart or a part the of the gut. Yeah, yeah
0: definitely the gut. Um, and so I just, I love, I've always loved story and I love um, specifically the fantasy and sci-fi genres just because of their ability to show things in a very unique way that, that just straight up nonfiction can, but maybe not with that emotional punch right.
1: there's a theory on the book of revelation that that's what it's really intending to yeah. do does that make sense yeah, abso- yeah
0: and i can totally see that um and so um so i've yeah so i like to think deeply about things there have been certain things that i've observed about the human experience the human condition that a story popped into my head as a way of kind of a five what we do, and we think deeply, and we finally come out to share it with others, is we're trying to help people see what we've discovered internally, which is hard.
1: Mm-hmm. Like that
0: requires a level of language and expression that's hard. Mm-hmm. That I have it found takes
1: that, a lot of energy from it Takes
0: a lot of energy. I have found writing to be a great avenue to help someone see. Like this is what I see. This is what I'm. I'm noticing. This is what I'm observing. And to do that through story is something I'm. I'm that's really good. interested in. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: I want to read that. Yeah. Are you going to publish?
0: Yeah, I'm actually in the process of trying to get an oh my agent gosh. A publisher. That's awesome. So I'm going to the Atlanta Writers Conference soon to make my pitch to editors and agents. So I'm okay. excited.
1: So that requires a fair amount of outward energy.
0: Yes. My therapist was just like, okay, so like, do we need to book a session right before <laughs> yeah, and after? Yeah. I was like, yeah, probably. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Talk to us about the concept. Uh, I know for a lot of types, once you find the right home space... Mm-hmm. which is not the end of the journey. It's the beginning of the journey mm-hmm. because it's a passageway back to how we were created. Yeah. We're yeah. beginning, we can begin to shed some of the persona mm-hmm. and uncover the truth, beauty, and goodness that God mm-hmm. created in us. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but for most types, when they get that, then they start learning about these other ideas about their sin passion, mm-hmm. about their virtue or their holy ideas mm-hmm. and integration mm-hmm. and all this. One of the ideas with the five is this concept of hoarding. Yes. Tell us about that because most fives I know, and I know a fair amount of them, uh, either as clients, uh, I've sponsored a five in mm-hmm. recovery, or I've just got friends and loved ones, as I said, my granddaughter. But this whole concept, when sometimes when a type gets hits with their word, that thing about gluttony for the seven or pride for the two, and they're like, we kind of want to, we either go, boy, that's me, or no, I reject it that. It was
0: absolutely me when I heard it. When okay. I heard the word avarice, I was like, oh, snap, that's
1: Crap. It. Yeah, but it's interesting yeah. because most fives I know honestly would probably give you the shirt off their back. Oh, it's, not it's not that. Material. That's right. It's not what material are they? Or what money. are you guys hoarding? Energy. Yeah, and self.
0: Energy. Yep. So uh, time and space. Yep. Time and space. Yep. That's all we want. Time mm-hmm. and space. My husband will be like, Okay, so birthday's coming up. What do you want for your birthday? I'm like, other than three days by myself, uh <laughs> <laughs> everybody I guess books. clear out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um
1: It's it's like with fives, it's kinda like, look, I'll show up if you tell me how long I gotta be there and what you demand of yeah, me and can I get away. I right? was
0: explaining it to my husband who is does not have this struggle. Um no. and so I was like, Okay, he is an Enneagram eight with a seven wing. So oh, I was like, Imagine man. you wake up every morning and you've got a bucket of energy to work with mm. i wake up on that same day and i've got a cereal bowl of energy yeah and because i've got mental health issues it's got a, a crack in it yep yeah and so it's constantly leaking
1: That's
0: true. and so i have a running tally in my head almost like a ledger um of my energy resources mm-hmm. and so every single thing i do i am calculating how much does this cost me yes and so when in my unhealthy space, it will literally be, okay, I have to go to the grocery store. I'm not going to look people in the eye when I see them because it costs too much energy to look someone mm. in the eye. And I don't have, even though it costs pennies of energy, I, I am you're, I'm you're energy up. poor. Yep. I'm always energy poor. And so I'm constantly pinching pennies trying to see That's how- That's a can
1: great I, description of the inner so, world.
0: And so that withdrawal stance, it's not because we don't like people. It's literally like, I I cannot afford-
1: yeah, to come to out, give right that now. out. And it comes off sometimes people that don't know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that don't know how to be empathetic to a five. It almost looks like an arrogance. Sometimes. Absolutely. Arrogance
0: yeah. is something that I've been accused, accused of. of often. Um, withholding is something that I know I am. And um, I, I feel it often, especially as a pastor's wife, of like, yes, I know I'm being withholding. And there are times where I have to really lean out and be like, okay. I need to be more generous. I need to be more loving here. And then there are times of like, no, I am going to be withholding for the sake of this thing that I have later this day Yeah. for the sake of, the, good. Uh, for the sake of my daughter who it's I need good. to engage with. I cannot afford here Beautiful. because I need to engage with my daughter here. And so I'm constantly doing a calculus of, of energy. That's great. Yeah.
1: Because Adam is an eight, seven. I'm a seven with a big eight. So it's like, we think there's no end to energy. Oh in fact, goodness. the more we do, the more energy y'all, we like get. like
0: Scrooge McDuck, just yeah. like swimming in energy, and right? We just, like, yeah. The, well,
1: the more we do, the more energy we get. Yeah. What's wrong with you people? Why can't y'all no, keep up? you so yeah.
0: wealthy. And so, yeah. yeah. And for me, I'm just like, <laughs> I mentioned Benny's like, yeah.
1: and like, like, well, I'll, I'll be going all day, five different things. A lot of energy doing this carries carries doing this, mm-hmm. doing a lot of that. And I'll mm-hmm. get home and I'm like, what's next. Can we go out? She's Oh my God, I just have to sit down. Yeah. You just go, yes. just go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what that begins to do, and this is not rocket sciences, but there's sense in relationships, especially marriages, right? Mm-hmm. Where until we begin to get wise about each other, the conflicts, just we just keep having the same arguments Absolutely. over and over and over again. And the Enneagram
0: yeah. has been so helpful because he now understands that. So he's constantly like, what do you need? What can I take off of your plate? Yeah. I, he asked me that almost every morning. What can I take off of your plate? Yeah. Um, which is, which
1: again, if you think about it for him as an eight is actually pretty integrated because it's taking the two's compassion into mm-hmm. bringing mm-hmm. that in mm-hmm. with the wisdom of thinking mm-hmm. and observing. I yep. know my wife, I yep. know this about her. How yep. can I use my energy yeah. to be compassionate to her?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. That Absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah. And so, but on the same token his thing is connection that that lust that need for connection that need for more Mm -hmm. and so i have to often think of like that when we talk about sacrifice in marriage there you go listen i might be down in energy but this sacrifice is needed for the sake of loving my husband and connecting with him yeah and so that's a constant thing i'm having to bring to the table and so um it's definitely something i need to get better at for sure
1: well you know at least we become aware Yes. Of where we need to pay our attention, right? Yeah. Be, the idea of being intentional about where yeah. I put my attention or pay attention to where my intention is at yeah. least. Right. Yeah. But the other part I think you mentioned earlier, and I'd like to go back to is this whole idea of nonjudgmental. When you find type, there's a, there can be a relief for us. Right. Yes. But even that's just the beginning there's mm-hmm. still that potential mm-hmm. to begin to integrate more and more, mm-hmm. and we're mm-hmm. going to keep bumping yep. into certain layers, right?
0: Which I love. You know, I'm a I'm a Christian, and so you see this in the gospel. I mean, yes. you see this in the work of Christ. He We are to be transformed from one degree of glory to, to another. A, yeah, yeah. And so when I think about that integration when i think about myself going to that two space which is hard for me of like but that's where the glory shows up right that's yes. where that's where amazing things happen yeah. and so
1: yeah i love yeah. that picture of it we we're, we 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 were seeds mm-hmm. planted mm-hmm. with a lot of potential Mm-hmm. right a lot of got covered up Nobody, nobody's fault necessarily yeah. right we're one-third 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 and then we began mm-hmm. to say okay what's not us yeah. what was not us in the jahari window which you're probably familiar mm-hmm. with in terms of sociology and psychology mm-hmm. the idea that there's a shadow box over mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. that contains a lot of truth beauty and goodness but also has a lot of not us in it mm-hmm. and we're not aware yet how do we mm-hmm. how do we begin to unearth the shadow material mm-hmm move it away more true self which is blessed is meant to bless the world yeah. right no matter what's going on we're to bless not curse or just yes. not be neutral to yes. it as some fives would like to be
0: we would just like to be cut off from it yeah yeah just so. the
1: pandemic was pretty good for you guys for a while oh, it? but
0: i had a i had a toddler in my house Ooh. i kept telling my husband of like man if we were back in like childless i would have crushed the pandemic <laughs> I would have done, I would have learned so many skills. I would have done so many puzzles. Yeah. I'd been like, man. Yeah, you could have crushed
1: it. I love that. But I could this, have crushed the bed. Yeah, but, hey, Ronnie, I think we got a show title. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, having a daughter, and it was good. I mean, absolutely, like, that would have been terrible, and I would have been really hurting now that we're all coming out of our caves. I would have been like, wait, you, I have to uh-huh, come out. Yeah. Whereas my daughter has been a blessing in that it, it requ- she requires me to go to that two space so much, which is good for me. It's good for her. It's good for the world. It's good for me, even though, yeah, I would have, there are parts of me. I'm like, man, missed opportunity with that pandemic. (laughs)
1: You've been really brave to talk, mention a couple of times, the idea of of, uh, struggling with some level of mental illness or struggle with that. So talk a little bit more about that because you, you said specifically, okay, there's postpartum for a year, which is tough enough by itself. Yeah, But then talk a little bit more about how you've recognized it before because um, finding things like that out about ourselves mm-hmm. and then figuring out where, how do I treat that well is mm-hmm. wisdom. So talk about yeah. that a little bit.
0: So I've always struggled with anxiety. That's kind of been my thing. Um, I was in counseling. My mom put me in counseling, I think, as a early teenage years when uh, panic attacks first showed up. Um, and so that's kind of been something that I've often wrestled with. Um, As I've grown and I've unpacked things, I think a lot of those external expectations were a part of it. Um, uh, But I think it's also just, I've learned that my gut health, my literal physical gut health impacts that. So what I eat directly impacts my mental health. So you all asked me earlier before we got started about my breakfast. The reason why I know what I eat for breakfast is because that's part of my mental health regimen. That's beautiful. I'm very strict about what I eat. Because it directly impacts, and because I'm I'm constantly doing that calculation of energy, I can't afford to be, especially with a daughter and a husband who I love, and this church that I love, and the the work that I do, and writing that I love. I'm like, I can't afford to eat whatever I want and suffer mental health wise. Yeah. And so. Um, There's
1: a lot of wisdom in that.
0: It it and it's hard. It's hard, and I resent it sometimes. Um, but it is the. It is what it is. Um, But then also with mental health, um, I did a lot of work when we first got married. Um, My uh, therapist did a lot of work with me in the family systems work, which is what I've taught from a lot because that's the most of the work that I've done personally, um, which was really helpful. I think sometimes growing up, I didn't have any real trauma, no abuse. I had great Mm -hmm. parents. My parents are still married. But I think as kids, we... We're kids. We we interpret things. We have
1: meaning makers, but they're not very good at that. Not story. very good.
0: And so I interpreted a lot of things as a kid. That now, as an adult, I'm like, oh well, that was, that was not very helpful for me. And and so yeah. unpacking that has really helped my anxiety a lot. Um, because
1: all of us, uh, in theory, have some wounding, but it, we also have misperceived things as misperceived wounds.
0: wounds things and yeah. then they're just like facts of life of my parents we moved a lot well that is not a very great thing for any kid but especially for an introverted five yeah I was a bewildered child who had no idea what was going on yeah until I was in high school and we actually landed somewhere I just needed someone to tell me like I, I was constantly changing bedrooms and schools and so I was constantly like that need for oh. information I was always confused and that was a very scary thing as a kid Um, and so that anxiety and that I'm like, I'm looking back going, well, of course I was anxious. I have no idea what's going on. Um, and so, yeah, but then recently, um, a couple years ago in 2020, as if the pandemic was not hard enough being in ministry, which for anyone listening, if you do go to a church and your pastor has made it through the pandemic, like go give them a hug Definitely. I, we don't know of any pastors that have not thought about quitting.
1: Yeah. It's I've, I've watched. The diff- I'm connected to enough local churches in different mm-hmm. ways to see how difficult. We don't even have a clue of all the decisions that have to be made about this, even in a normal time. But yeah. with pandemic and when you get into technology, what yeah. should we do? Should we shut down mass? What is protocol? And everyone's
0: opinions. Yes. And they just, they don't see beyond their opinions. And mm-hmm. so holding that middle line mm-hmm. and loving everybody has just been so challenging. And so we were in relationship with a lot of local pastors and they're just all, taking turns talking one another <laughs> into staying. <laughs> I was just like, no, just yeah. hang on a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, but we've all been tempted just because the pandemic was hard. But then we also, my husband and I in ministry, had a, a trauma. A, something happened. And mm-hmm. so we've both been saddled with a PTSD diagnosis. We're in therapy for it. We're actually doing neurofeedback, which I've been super yeah. interested in. Cool. And so um, we've just started that, which I've been That's excited right. about. Um,
1: Are y'all doing that together? Yeah, wow know. that's cool yeah. you got a five and an eight in the room yeah. all we need is a two now you re- <laughs> could you get a two therapist I know, right? maybe no, no. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but um but yeah so i've last summer was my first experience with depression i had never experienced depression Anxiety's always been my thing and depression Who? Mm. i mean postpartum depression is its own thing but this was just a purely major depressive episode and it felt like having to do my life with an elephant sitting on my chest
1: mm, i've it, been there Uh, I've shared it with the listeners and and publicly Um, about 10 years, 10, 11 years ago, it hit me. Sevens don't usually get depressed. They're the the carriers that make everybody else depressed because of their (laughs) crazy behavior maybe. But it hit me like a ton of bricks. Uh, I think my guess is, I don't think I'll ever know all the components of mine. Maybe on the other side, I'll kind of get it. I, I could see some components. Some of them, I think I helped, but some of them were out of my control. One of them was, I think, connecting to what your thought was, my anxiety was getting so high. By the Mm -hmm. time somebody says, well, you're depressed, I said, no, that's not it. I said to the person with a diploma Mm -hmm. on the wall behind me, and I have none, (laughs) I said, no, no, you're wrong about that. Mm -hmm. Here's a problem, but Mm -hmm. that's not it. And he said, oh, no, Mm -hmm. you're depressed. Mm -hmm. I think what had happened was the anxiety level had stayed so long high for so long, I think it brought me into a natural depression. Does that make sense?
0: Depression can be kind of – a natural counterbalance to anxiety of almost your brain's way of saying rest now.
1: Yeah. He said you're, you're I the way I described it was like, it's like my brain is cannibalizing itself.
0: Yes, absolutely. And it, for me, it was, I had been so anxious and had been, we had gone, we had been in a pretty unsafe emotional space for a long time, the PTSD feelings. And then, so my brain literally was just like, you're not moving anymore. You're just going to. And so I went to this comatose place where, and thankfully between my husband, my parents, friends of sharing with all of them, like, okay, I'm going through this. Seeing a therapist, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the work, but there are going to be days where I need y'all to be on deck uh, to take care of my child. And so, because there'd be days of like, I literally cannot move. Uh, How
1: brave is that?
0: It, (laughs) there was no choice. Like if I was going to, to function i i needed that help but also just having great people in my life who I can mm-hmm. be that vulnerable, and
1: and then pushing against the counter energy of the nine, not to go outward with yeah. your inwards to tell people yeah. I need help. Yes. Whereas whereas for me, for so long with that mm-hmm. seven mentality, mm-hmm. I just w- I doubled down. On, I just kept doubling down more, mm-hmm. doing more stuff, doing more stuff, yep. thinking more stuff, planning yep. more stuff, yeah. and it and it just wore me out. Yeah. Uh, it's part of the problem of the mental types, the five, mm-hmm. six, and seven. Is mm-hmm. by default we double down on our headspace when there's yes. a problem. Yes. <laughs> Which, as Einstein said, the same thinking that got you into this mess ain't going to get you out. Yes, right?
0: and so it was for me. Getting out of the depression was really going was getting into my physical body. A yep. lot of exercise, which yep. is hard for me. I just yeah.
1: moving, to the, ache, moving, to, the moving gut, to the eight, moving yeah. to the g- gut, yeah, re-embodying.
0: Yeah, and then also um, writing was a huge part of it. Of doing creative work,
1: getting really, it's getting yeah. into the heart space, the beauty space, yes. right? Yes, yeah
0: tapping into that four wing of mine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now whenever I start to have kind of gloomy days and the depression starts to kind of rear its ugly head, my husband's always like, do you need to write something? Please go write. Just a short <laughs> Just story. A poem. Later, I don't write. care. Just yeah. go write, please. Yeah.
1: Reintegrate. Re- go reintegrate. <laughs> please. Right. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Yeah. so it sounds like y'all have kind of developed a way to help each other reintegrate for lack yeah. of a better term. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. All right. So we got a few more minutes. Uh, wanted to ask you something about the acting again. because yeah. Is that... Did you get into that, but was that one of those things maybe that as these parents that didn't know you were five, but somehow were trying to get you out of yourself. Mm-hmm. Was that kind of how that started? Absolutely. Or My mom it- said,
0: okay, you moved again and you have these tendencies to just, uh, be like a turtle in a shell and you have to get out of your shell. And so she was like, you have to join something bigger than yourself. Mm. She's like, it can be sports, it can be music, I don't care, you have to join a thing, and it can't be like chess club where your kids are there.
1: <laughs> or you can just be, use your mind. Yeah, it
0: has yeah. to be like a real thing, and so I had already done music, and there was always something about music that I just, everyone else seemed to understand, but there was a something about it that I just didn't, didn't get. Sports was completely out of the question. And so I was just like, I don't know, and so I literally had a list, and the only thing that I didn't cross out was theater, and I was like, okay. Mm. Yeah. And so I was in middle school theater, a special place. And so um, our first assignment was um, go find a movie, get a monologue from it, and perform it. And so I was really obsessed with the Michelle Pfeiffer version of um, A Midsummer Night's Dream mm-hmm. by Shakespeare, where mm-hmm. she plays Titania. Uh, and so I went home, watched, got the VHS, watched it, memorized her little speech that she makes to Oberon, went and performed it. And as a five, if you have the time and the space to memorize something, practice it, and perform it, and you feel well-equipped, mm-hmm. I felt very comfortable going into
1: Competency. Yeah. I, c- I could actually come out into the world and survive.
0: Exactly. And yeah. so I got up on that stage, and I did it. And I remember my teacher going, you should, you should do this in high school. You should stick with this. And so I did. I, we moved again. I was in a new high school and that's where we landed. I was in the same high school for four years and um, I was in theater and it was this great place where I was always kind of bewildered socially um, and didn't know how to take this inner world and make it external and theater and acting was a way that I could take things internally and bring them out. I could go by myself and practice. I could memorize things. I could look in the mirror and I could, I could learn to externalize. Mm -hmm. And so,
1: and you were not only, uh, memorizing and knowing you were under you were going yes. for the deeper understanding
0: understanding. And so in theater you're constantly thinking of like, why is the character saying this? Why would they respond this way? What is their internal motivation? So it just gave me a way of trying to think more deeply about being a person, mm-hmm. which was always kind of, um, fascinating and always felt like a mystery to me. Cause I felt like a, there was something about being a person that everyone else seemed to understand that I didn't.
1: Ooh, that's forish.
0: And so, and so I really, Theater was a way for me to explore that, and so, um, I did. I'm it was my ma- my degree in college. I was an actor, I went and apprenticed at the Shakespeare Theater of New Jersey for a while, um, and did classical work there. And so, it developed these expressive social muscles that fives might not naturally have,
1: and it's a little safer,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can oh, yeah. kind of control the energy yeah. flow a little bit can't Absolutely. You? I had a professor in college because um, I was taking a poetry class and he knew I was being I was doing a performance. I was um, in the temp- Shakespeare's the Tempest and I played the very sprite Ariel, very expressive, very over the top character. And my professor afterwards was like, you are stoic and quiet in my class. I can't get you to say anything and then you get on stage and you explode into sparkles. What happened? And I was like, well, it's a very expressive character. And so, like, <laughs> that would make sense to that character. I studied
1: it, and that's how you do and it. And
0: I practiced it, and that's how I did it. And so. Um,
1: In Enneagram Theory, that would be saying that you're actually reintegrating a part of you that got left behind somewhere.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And so theater was a great way to develop that habit of, of coming out. Out. Taking your inside and putting it on the outside. Yes, it was a great yeah. practice
1: yeah. in that. Yeah, and I'm, 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 I've I'm, mastered this. Yeah. I'm confident, mm-hmm. competent, mm-hmm. and confident. Mm-hmm. I can come back out into yep. y'all's world. I can leave mine yep. for a little bit. For a little bit. Yeah, for a little bit. And
0: then yeah. I'm going to disappear as soon as we're Go done. back again. I'm going to disappear.
1: Sweet. Yeah. yeah. So. We're going to close, but what, if you had one or two things that you said, you know, this is what I would really like to share with other fives out there or some things I've found out about my own yeah. journey, What anything come to mind that you would, um, would want them to know if they are struggling with that? or
0: For us as fives, it feels very dangerous to come outside of ourselves. And because I moved so much because of my theater background, I've just had a lifelong experience of coming out and learning I didn't die.
1: Yes, <laughs> I didn't go into that dark abyss. That I they didn't, about.
0: that <laughs> annihilation didn't happen. Yeah. Um, And actually that's where I found some of the most deep meaningful yeah. experiences and connections of my life. And so just really encouraging all fives, like I know it's scary yeah. to come out of out of the cave. Yeah. But if you can, if you can find a safe person That that was gonna
1: be a point. Find
0: a safe person for me it's often been a really healthy Enneagram eight. The Lord has put multiple of those. Um, they're really good at taking you by the hand and be like, "Come on, this is where we're going." Yeah. Um. And I'll protect you along yeah, the way. Yeah, You'll be there safe.
1: you go. Oh, that's good. Um. Yeah. And so I'm not uh, going to let anybody get to you. No
0: one's going to get to you. No one's going to make yeah. fun of you. No one's. You're going to be safe. Which
1: is actually, when you think about it, again, that's part of the created self in mm-hmm. that gut space yep. that that fives often left yep. behind. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And so, in understanding afterwards, you immediately get to withdraw back into your head. Yeah. And so there's that constant stepping out and then coming back in and stepping out and coming back in. And so just encouraging people, you won't die. Yeah. Like,
1: Do you have a favorite five in the world or one you're interested in or um, somebody you know? I, I mean, sometimes we, we yeah. say this celebrity or yeah. that one is a, is that, and we don't really I'll know. I'll give you but, a book
0: character, okay. Sherlock Holmes.
1: Ooh, man, mastermind.
0: Yeah, but also there's this funny Joke but there is a
1: dynamic about him, isn't there, in the original stuff about his inability to kind of do mm-hmm. relationship?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's terrible at relationships. Yeah. Uh, and he's only interested in what he's interested in the Benedict Cumberpatch. Yeah. Version. <laughs> There's this joke where, like, he's so smart about, like, poisons and all this investigative stuff. And he did not know that the earth was not the center of the solar system, but that the sun was. He was like, there was no, that was never pertinent to what I was interested in. And mm-hmm. so for fives, we are very smart in what we're interested in, mm-hmm. and then everything else doesn't exist to us. Like we, You, you no, see no, a no.
1: lot of trees deeply, but forests yeah. escape you yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: And so I remember that. Uh, but he also, in that show, he has this thing that he calls his mind palace where he closes his eyes and he has this place where he goes and stores information. And I was like, I've got that. Like, I'm,
1: just, I'm just thinking about my granddaughter. That's her show. What's the other one, Doctor Who?
0: Oh, yeah, Doctor Who, where you've got this, like, police box that you go inside and it's bigger on the inside yeah it's a literal endless, that's why she likes expansive that so world much. that's literally what our brain is like yeah yeah
1: wow that's yeah. cool so it, future uh going back into therapist work or just kind of like what you're doing now i like
0: what i'm doing now because uh, you're getting to use the, it all i'm right? using it all um so i'm teaching a lot i'm using a lot of therapist work in that mm-hmm. i do people do come to me for counseling and i do very light counseling with yeah. people um and writing seems to be. And if this book gets published, it'll probably be a series. And so- Of course it (laughs) (laughs) will.
1: Because you got to go deeper. I got to go deeper. deeper. I've got to at least explore everything about that. That is so my granddaughter. I'm gonna have to introduce you.
0: Yeah, if I get this book published, I'll give you a copy for you to give to her. Give to her. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm sure by the time I give it to her, she'll have it. Uh, She seems to have everything we try to give to her when it comes to books. Allison, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much, folks. Thanks for joining us. For how's that working for you? Uh, We hope that uh, you'll draw some uh, wisdom from this conversation, but also I think you're hearing a little bit about compassion as well. And to me, that's the key for Enneagram work. Uh, If it's not developing passion for others and self as we're getting this knowledge, then it's probably not that helpful. But thanks again for joining us. See you next time.